Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Good morning. It's Monday, the 17th of January 2022. You are tuning to Good Day on Crystal Centric Station, the Kingdom Promoter. We are broadcasting live from Accra, Ghana. I am SNM Tete. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to today's show. From brunch to lunch, I will be serving you good word, good music and intercession for your edification and upliftment. So here at Christocentric Station, uh, we are in the month of joy. Our theme scripture is James chapter 1 verse 2. The NLT says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It is our prayer that the joy of the Lord will keep us all strong, no matter the circumstance we face this month and all year round. Amen. Happy New Week to you. Trust your Monday morning is going well so far. So on the show today, we are going to start delving into our theme scripture, James 1 and 2. We spent last week just getting some understanding on the actual theme, which is joy. And this week we are going to dig into the scripture verse itself. Trust you had a good weekend. This morning, I'd like to kickstart the show with Messi Chinwo's Omekanaya. Do stay tuned. I will be right back. Oh, 
Is a name you are sure to get response from when you call on. His name is Jesus. Name above all other names. All powers are subjected to this name. What is your trouble this morning? Call on that name. He is all there is. There is none beside him, none can be compared to him. That was the voice of Claire with You Are. Before that, you heard Messi Chinwo with Omeka Naya playing right here on Good Day on Christocentric Station, the Kingdom Promoter. We are broadcasting live from Accra, Ghana to 72 plus countries around the world. If you're listening this morning, please do share. Go to www.crystalcentric.com and send the link to someone. Though they can also share in the blessing. Or they can find us on any online radio platform. Just search for Crystal Centric Station. Crystal Centric with a K. We are also on social media. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. It's Crystal Centric Station. On YouTube, subscribe to our channel so you do not miss out on any new content we upload. And you know it is sanctified content, right? So you are sure to get blessed. You really don't want to miss out. This morning in the first half of the show, I'm going to be doing the recap from uh, the last time we did the joy portion. Then I'm going to give you the scriptures for today's joy portion. And in the second half, we'll get into the joy portion. As I mentioned earlier, today we are going to start our studies of the actual scripture verse for the month that is james chapter 1 verse 2 so that's what we're doing uh, this morning and then we're going to close the show with intercession i think i want to get into the recap now last week looking at the subject joy took us into what was it i called it last week discerning of spirits because we looked at joy and we said joy is a spirit we established that Enjoy being a spirit, which we found comes from the Holy Spirit, and He is spirit. We said, like begets like, and so in Galatians five twenty two, we're told the joy is fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we said, joy can be found on the tree of the Holy Spirit, and so it is spirit. And if it is spirit, then whatever it takes to court a spirit whatever it takes to have the manifestation of a spirit whatever it takes to host house experience a spirit in action applies to joy as well and we established some facts and we said okay if that is true then we can apply the same principle to another spirit and in this case we didn't have to go far we just had to look at love because when you look at the fruit of the spirit love comes and then joy so we did the character of joy and then we went on to look at the character of love as well and we said that uh, looking at love still using the principle of first mention we even went on to do progressive mention we said that love is not determined by the one receiving it 
that it takes the one given love to, to decide where it will send or he or she will send their love. Okay, so I see something I like, I love. The thing doesn't really determine whether I should be the one loving it or not. So we looked at Jacob and Rebecca, where Jacob saw Rebecca and fell in love with her. Rebecca didn't know why Jacob was in love with her. You know, Leah did everything she could. She fulfilled her duties as a wife. And we saw how Jacob respected Leah. But he never loved her as he did Rebecca. And Rebecca did all sorts, I believe. She even annoyed Jacob at one point, scripture recorded. But Jacob still loved Rebecca. And so we saw the same love even transferred or translated into the way that Jacob loved Rebecca's children, talking about Joseph and Benjamin. So we said that love is really a decision, a decision taken by the one who is given that decision. Uh, the object of affection just get to receive it. And when this object becomes aware that this affection is coming towards me and I want to actively participate in it, that object of affection, and I'm not, I'm not talking about an inanimate object now. I'm talking about when it comes to human beings. We then can find out why this love is coming to us. What is it that the person loves? And if they're able to put language to it, we can make sure that we make that thing available always so that we can grow in that love relationship with whoever we are receiving this love from. And we also said that that also goes to say that there is love, somebody to love everyone. Every one of us have someone who will love us at one point or the other because we never really know what it is that people find in us that makes us want them to love us. But as we discovered in the case of joy, when it comes to love as well, when it comes to spirits in general, atmospheres, are important conditions are important so we said that even for love when those conditions continue to remain as long as the people that we love continue to create the atmosphere continue to meet the conditions for which we love them then that love will continue and so for instance if you loved someone because they were humble and humility just does it for you and you fell in love with this person because of their humility and then it turns out they were not humble because that's who they are, but they were humble because of their situation and they change overnight. And your pet peeve is arrogance. So you cannot stand people who are arrogant. And suddenly this person is found in that space where they are arrogant. Of course, it's going to be difficult to continue to love someone like this. You may want to make uh, excuses for them in the beginning. You may want to find all sorts of reasons for which they have become like that. But in time, if that is their true nature or character, you give up making excuses for them. And you find that the conditions are no longer uh, being met. The atmosphere is taken to stir up that love in you. It's no longer there. And so you will fall out of love uh, with that individual. That said, we say love is a decision. So you can make a decision for or against love we look at god so loving the world that he gave his only begotten son we said that he's made a decision for us he continues to love us and even though people not everybody has come to him that love is still available today if people turn around 
and they want to come to him and receive that provision he has made available for loving us and we said just like we discovered when we were looking at joy even with love there is counterfeit and we said that with the counterfeit you will see that the expressions you see the manifestations you see the acts all looking the same so you will see someone with the counterfeit love who is showing you all the right actions and manifestations and expressions but if you're not careful you would think it is love but we're saying that based on the biblical interpretation of that particular thing we are able to identify that this is of God and that is not and so we look at how obsession can even be uh, misinterpreted mis misunderstood how obsession can even be seen as love when it is not and so i made the example of how these days you have people sharing their truth in quotes and so they sharing their truth and they have put all sorts out there by which we are beginning to filter everything so for instance someone sits out there and you have if you have enough of them sitting out there saying if you love someone then you have to be obsessed with them their thoughts have to intrude and invade every thought and everything you do and you should not be able to function without them and all sorts that becomes the way the world sees love and so if you have someone exhibiting all this showing you all this you come to the conclusion they love me but they are not they, they don't love you necessarily they're obsessed with you it could be a demonic obsession it could be the enemy that is driving them insane when you love someone or someone loves you it shouldn't drive you crazy <laughs> it really shouldn't nor when is the kind of love that comes from god and so we said that you really need to look at how the bible talks about that spirit how the bible teaches about that spirit what is the scriptural definition what is the character you see about this particular spirit in scripture that is the character you use to identify the spirit you're dealing with you do not use manifestations you do not use acts you do not use expressions to determine the spirit you're dealing with you use the biblical character of that spirit to determine the spirit you're dealing with
re-surrender, a call to return, to return to the ways that God has ordered us to always live. A call to return to his statutes, a call to return to his laws, a call to return to his commands. There is a reason for which he would have us live the way he has prescribed in the Bible. Unfortunately, we've gone so far away from that. This is a song calling the church back. It's called Resurrender by Hill Song. Before that, you had the Revelation song uh, by Carrie Joe playing here on Good Day on Christocentric Station, the Kingdom Promoter. Now, I'm going to share with you quickly these scriptures I'm going to be using for today's joy portion again we will start today looking at our theme scripture for the month james chapter 1 verse 2 so today is an intro and i'm gonna do james 1 1 for the intro and i'm gonna be basing my discussions on uh, these scripture verses leviticus chapter 26 so I have verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 14, verse 33 to 35. You shall not make idols for yourselves, neither a carved image nor a sacred pillar shall you rear up for yourself, nor shall you set up an engraved stone in your land to bow down to it for i am the lord your god you shall keep my sabbath and reverence my sanctuary i am the lord verse 3 says that if you walk in my statutes and keep my commands and perform them but if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commands 33 says i will scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you mercy lord your land shall be desolate and your cities waste 34 then the land shall enjoy its sabbath as long as it lies desolate and you are in your enemy's land then the land shall rest and enjoy its sabbaths 35 as long as it lies desolate it shall rest and for the time it did not rest on your sabbaths when you dwelt in it and then exodus chapter 20 verse 8 to 11 remember to observe the sabbath day by keeping it holy you have six days each week for your ordinary work for the seventh day is a sabbath day of rest dedicated to the lord your god on that day no one in your household may do any work this includes you your sons and daughters your male and female servants your livestock and any foreigners living among you for in six days the lord made the heavens the earth the sea and everything in them but on the seventh day he rested that is why the lord blessed the sabbath day and set it apart as holy amen Leviticus chapter 23 verse 37 and 38 these are the feasts of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord a burnt offering and a grain offering a sacrifice and drink offerings everything on its day besides the sabbaths of the lord besides your gifts besides all your vows besides all your free will offerings which you give 
to the Lord. And then there's Luke chapter 24, 44. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me is in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms and must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. Verse 47, it was also written, this message will be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent and then Genesis chapter 11 verse 3 to 9 they began saying to each other let's make bricks and harden them with fire in this region bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar then they said, Come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reached into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come. Let's go down there and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. Verse 8. In that day, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel. Because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. So these are the scripture verses I'm going to be using for today's joy portion. Judging from my studio clock here is just a few minutes to the top of the hour. Uh, so taking us to the top of the hour, I haven't shared this in quite a bit. Today I want to share uh, the medley, Joe Metal's medley uh, done by Shekinah. Do stay tuned. I will be right back. Do for me, yeah. There's no 
Christocentric Station, the Kingdom Promoter. From the files of Unshackle, Pacific Garden Mission presents Free Indeed. The world never seemed to welcome me. My father committed suicide when I was 10 months old, and my mother was so irresponsible I was put in an orphan's home. At five, I went to live with my aunt and uncle, both of whom hated me and made me work hard. When I was 12, we moved to Nyack, close to the ferry boat. The boatman let me do odd jobs for meals, so when my aunt and uncle moved to New York four years later, I stayed behind sleeping on the boat or in the office in exchange for odd jobs. For several years, I worked at a supermarket until World War II erupted and I was drafted into the Army. Other guys worried about U-boats as we crossed the Atlantic, but I didn't because there was nobody who cared whether I lived or died. I survived D-Day at Omaha Beach and came home to my aunt and uncle at war's end to find him very ill. I had sent them half my pay in the army, and my aunt asked me to come back and help them. I did, and ten years later my uncle died. 
When I was hospitalized with ulcers, a pastor came and invited me to his church. I went for years but never responded to the gospel because I knew I wasn't worthy. I was 72 years old when I had an accident, and one of the men at church began taking me to services. No one had ever loved me, but their love helped me see God's love, and I wept as the Lord opened my eyes to his presence. I'm Orville Hopper. Please don't wait as long as I did. Give your heart and life to Jesus today, because if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. If you would like to be free from the weight of sin by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, pray with us now. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross and rose again to live forevermore. Thank you for your sacrifice. Save me, Lord. Come into my life and make me your own. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Free Indeed is a production of Pacific Garden Mission. Email unshackled at pgm.org. Don't you want to be a part of the
To me simply means power. There's power in the name of Jesus. Salvation in his name. There's healing in his name. Everything that he came to do for us is available potently in his name. There is a voice of Minister Joe Metal ushering us into the second half of the show with a powerful track to me. And that's how we're doing it here for the second half 
You are listening to Good Day on Crystal Centric Station, the Kingdom Promoter. In this house, we're going to be delving into the joy portion. Today, we're doing an introduction to our text for the month. That's James chapter 1, verse 2. I am SNM Tete. Shall we share a quick word of prayer? Father, we thank you for another opportunity. It's always a blessing to sit at your feet, Spirit of the Living God, teach us and let this session fulfill the purpose for which it was destined before the foundations of the earth. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're looking at the text for the month and James 1, 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy so for me if i received a letter i'd like to know who it came from and knowing who it came from will sort of also help me to appreciate why he's using the kind of language he's using and will help me to appreciate the content or message of the letter as well we know James wrote the letter because that's where we can find it in the Bible, right? James chapter 1, verse 2. Now, he's calling the people he's addressed this letter to, brothers and sisters, which tells you that they're family. They uh, come from a common uh, group, if you like. So, you know that the relationship between himself and these people that he's addressed this letter to is a close relationship. Then he goes on to encourage them. So it makes me wonder, why do you address brothers and sisters? And then you go straight into saying when troubles. He didn't say if, he said when. Him saying when tells us that he's expecting them to have some kind of trouble. He knows that it is only a matter of time that they will encounter trouble. And he's saying when that happens in due course when trouble rears its head this is what i would like you to do so reading this i'm now thinking okay i want to know who james is so i go to the beginning of the letter i feel like i'm reading a portion of the letter right i've skipped the salutation or i've skipped part of the salutation and I've come to verse 2 and I'm seeing dear brothers and sisters. So I want to go to the beginning of the letter and, and get better understanding. I went to the beginning of the letter and it says, This letter is from James, that's James 1.1, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Then he says, dear brothers and sisters. So the intro here, he's introduced himself as James and he's a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I get that. But who is James? Exactly who is James? We know that there were 12 apostles who walked closely with Christ and then there was the 70 and then there were more. So I see James and I'm wondering who James is. He's told us he's a slave of God. But then, this is an introduction or a description that all the other apostles give themselves as well. I'm interested in knowing who James is. 
Because if I know who James is, it will give me an idea about who these people are as well because he, he calls them brothers and sisters. Yes, he has said they are part of the 12 tribes, but he calls them brothers and sisters, which tells me that James is Jewish as well. If he's writing to the 12 tribes, the Jewish believers, and he's calling them brothers, either James is Jewish or James may not be Jewish, but he, by who he identifies himself to be as a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, which makes him a believer, he's identifying with them on that level. So two things, James is either Jewish, just as these people are, or James is identifying himself as a brother and a sister to them because he's a believer just as they are. So these are the things that are coming to play here. I'm looking at all of this and I'm thinking, okay, so James, I look at James and James happens to be the brother of Jesus. And yet I remember in John 5, 7, when scripture says that neither of his brethren believed in him, they're going for the Passover, they are taking the lead and they're asking Jesus, are you not coming? And he's saying, you can take the lead. It's not yet time for me to come. And the way they spoke to Jesus, it was almost as if they were challenging him. You are performing all these miracles. You're calling yourself the son of God. You want to be known. Let's go. Display some more and let's all see. They didn't believe in him. His very own brothers. And yet, this book of James was written by the brother. So I thought, what a change of heart. And James came to so believe in Jesus that scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 7 that when Jesus rose from the dead, when he resurrected, he showed himself to James. So I'm seeing here that okay, he did come to believe. And the fact that he calls himself a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't describe himself as the brother of Jesus, the half-brother. He calls himself a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mind you, Jesus Christ being his brother and he's referring to him as Lord. So it tells you that James had transitioned from being a natural brother to Jesus, to being a follower, to being someone who was submitted to Christ Jesus. And he's written this. And we know that Jesus did come from the Jewish descent, right? So James is not only a brother to the church, that he was writing to, to the people that he was writing to. He's not only uh, a spiritual brother, if you like, to them, he's also a natural brother to them. So then I went on to look at the 12 tribes, Jewish believers. He said, I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. And I thought, what brought about this scattering? Why were they scattered? And then, that word scattered abroad to scatter also gave me an understanding as to why he may be telling them about trouble right from the beginning of the letter just after he said hello he goes on to say trouble trouble will come trouble is coming look out for it but when it does this is what you should do so you know how i do it i would just go into scriptures concordance type in scatter i want to get into that scatter thing what's going on with scatter why are they scattered is this something you know that god does quite a bit who scattered them so i'm assuming god scattered them if god scattered them why why did he scatter them 
And if he didn't scatter them, why did they scatter by themselves or who scattered them? And is this something that is common in scripture? So I look at scattering and I saw that in the book of Leviticus. God saying to his people, you shall not make idols for yourselves. Neither a carved image nor a sacred pillar shall you rear up for yourselves. Nor shall you set up an engraved stone in your land to bow down to it. For I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my command. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Then when you go through, I'm going to jump to verse 33. I will scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you. Verse 14, he said that, but if you do not obey me, and do not observe all these commandments 33 he said to them i will scatter you so leviticus 26 is where god is talking to his people and is encouraging them to keep his statutes and when he had done that he went on to tell them the consequences of not keeping his statutes so that was where the scattering thing came to play where he said to them if you don't i'm going to scatter you and he's saying when I scatter you, this is what's going to happen. The benefit of scattering you, not to yourselves, <laughs> but to me and to creation at large. Then the land shall enjoy its Sabbath. That's verse 34. As long as it lies desolate and you are in your enemy's land, then the land shall rest and enjoy its Sabbath. So as long as it lies desolate, it shall rest. So in the beginning... We see God in verse 2 talking to them about the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath. And God is telling them this is a big deal to me. And he's saying that if you go ahead and you don't keep the Sabbath and you don't keep my other statues and I get tired of you, I'm going to scatter you. I'm going to get rid of you. I'm going to drive you out of the cities that I've given you. And when you are then in the land of your enemies, my land will rest. Remember God brought them out of Egypt and he said he had a land prepared for them that was flowing with milk and honey. And he took them to this land and he gave them commands and laws and, and statutes, precepts to keep them. One of which was the keeping of the Sabbath. And he said that if you do not, I'm going to scatter you. If you don't keep my laws, I'm going to scatter you. So this is one of the ways that the word scatter was used here. So in the way that we've seen this word used, it was a punishment to the people, scattering them. And they were going to be scattered into the nations of their enemies. So we see suffering, we see trouble, we see all sorts that are, you know, going to be unpleasant for these people. But that's not the only time scattering is used in the Bible. More on this in a bit. Just hold on, it's not over yet. Does have disappointment and gifts are frustration, but hold on, smile is coming now.
what he's talking about trusting when he tells you he's going to be okay he's not speaking by himself he's not speaking by his own mind scripture tells us that you know the very things that are impossible with men are possible with God I was crazy with a medley hold on trust you enjoy that before that you head straight from heaven by Priye Odede, playing right here on Good Day on Christocentric Station, the Kingdom Promoter. We are in the Joy Portion. And today we have started an intro to our theme scripture verse for the month, James chapter 1, verse 2. Today we're doing chapter 1, verse 1. So before the music, uh, we're just trying to identify who James is, why he's using the kind of language he's using, his relationship with the people that he's writing to, and there was a word that popped up when we looked at James' writing, and that word was scatter. And I thought, well, he said the people are scattered, so that has something to do with the language he used or the message he's trying to send to them. So that got me curious. So we have started reading about scatter, and the first time scatter was used we see that it was God telling his people that if you do not pay attention to what I'm telling you and keep it and obey I'm gonna scatter you and he said that when I do scatter you the land is gonna benefit the land is gonna rest why because you refuse to keep my Sabbath and the Sabbath you know we know what the Sabbath is don't we we know the Sabbath to be a day of rest, a day that he said should be dedicated to him. And so that even when he used to rain down food for them, he said to them, on the day before the Sabbath, you're supposed to gather twice as much. So that on the Sabbath, you do not come out looking to gather food so that you have food for two days. So God is particular about the Sabbath. He himself rested on the Sabbath and declared holy. You think God was tired? He's not a human being. He cannot get tired. And yet, he took a Sabbath rest and he's told his people to rest. And for me, looking at the language he's used here in Leviticus 26, it's like the resting of the land was so important to God that he said, finally, my land will have some rest. When I send you off to your enemies, because you have refused to obey me, my land will have some rest. Scatter was used. And when it was used, we see how 
it came with so much trouble, right? I mean, if you're being scattered to your enemies, then it's going to be trouble upon trouble. You're going into captivity. You're going into slavery. Of course, your taskmasters are not going to make things easy for you. You are going to have to live under the dictates of your enemies. So you decided not to obey God. Israel didn't want to obey God. And so God gets fed up with them, sends them to their enemies, and now they have to obey their enemies. Unlike God who would just come and talk to you, your enemies will actually force you to obey them. So judgment is meted to you there and then if you choose not to obey, if you become disobedient, if you rebel. And with God, he comes and he can continue to appeal to us. And you find that even in our lives now, that's how it is. When we choose not to obey God, we get ourselves into all sorts of trouble. And the deeper we go, the more control the enemy has over our lives. And now we are forced to obey his dictates. And so the people of God, it has been like that from the beginning. It continues to be like that with us. And we must be mindful of this thing. So the rest of the scripture verses I've got talking about the Sabbath, which I think we can talk about another time. I'm looking at my time now. And I'm thinking I may not have time to talk about the Sabbath. But if the Sabbath is such a big deal to God, so much so that if you will not keep it, when Israel wouldn't keep it, he sent Israel off. He emptied his land so the land could rest. Then it is not something we should be playing with. And the other thing that caught my attention when it came to the Sabbath was that in Leviticus 23, 37-38, he named the Sabbath amongst vows and offerings and feast. So God sees that as something we give to him. It is a request he has made of us. The Sabbath is something you give to God. It's like you're giving him an offering. You're giving him a gift. It is for us and yet it's something we give him when we rest, when we obey. A time where we, we take off attending to everything else and when it is holy it means it is set apart and so it is a set apart for him is sanctified unto him so it is a day we spend conscious of him doing stuff for him and so if you take this away from him you have chosen that he's given you seven days and you want to use all doing whatever you want and he's only asked for one so it is a big deal for him now let's move on next time scatter is used we see this scenario in the building of babel and the people are trying to build a tower to reach god what was the reason for that they said so we will not be scattered and we will be famous <laughs> so which tells me that they were not the only people existing in the world at the time in that area, in that region, scripture says that uh, in itself, in Genesis chapter 11, 3 to 9, scripture says that in that region, bricks were used instead of stone. So it was in just that region. And these people wanted to be famous and they didn't want to be scattered. And so they didn't want to be scattered and wanted to be famous. They decided that let's do this thing. That the reason they were able to do it was because they had one language. They could hear and understand one another. 
The people were one in thought, in language, in mind. They could do this. God comes down. And it is not God's plan for all of us to be at one place. Look, he's made the entire world like this. If God wanted us to be at just that one place and never go anywhere else, he would have one language for all people. He would have one ruler for all people. This one world thing the human beings are trying to achieve, why we keep pushing for it, I don't know. That would be happening for all of us. But when you read scripture, you find that that is not God's plan for creation. That is not God's plan. Since Adam and Eve left the garden, that has not been God's plan. And so these people are trying to go against the plan of God. So he comes and he scatters them. The very thing they were afraid of happening to them. He scatters them. He changes their language. So they are not able to understand one another anymore. So then I come to the New Testament scattering. Scripture says in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, I think I'm going to read all of it to 47. It says, Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus speaking. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. 47. It was also written that his message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, all beginning in Jerusalem. Now, if it was God's plan for us to all be kept in one place, one ruler, one medium of exchange, one way of doing things, one culture, no diversity, and he had the message of the gospel come to Jerusalem. How was it going to get to the rest of the places? So, for instance, Babel was in a region by itself. And Babel, the people in this region were going to try and build this tower of Babel. And they were going to stay there, never get scattered. So, whatever is happening in Babel, whatever Babel has, the rest of the world never gets to enjoy from. Then in the New Testament case, whatever Jerusalem had by way of the gospel will stay in Jerusalem. And yet scripture is telling us that Jesus had told them that this message must be preached to all nations. If there is no scattering, how does the message of the gospel go to the rest of the world? And so we are told that because of the persecution the people suffered, they had to flee. They scattered they went all over the world. And that is how the gospel got out there. As they went, wherever they went, they shared the message of the gospel. That way, we saw the other nations also receiving the message of the gospel. And so let's come back to James. The people from Jerusalem, the Jewish people, who first received the gospel? Jesus told us he came for them. Who first received the gospel? had to take the gospel to the rest of the world and so james is telling us that the 12 tribes of course we know israel is 12 tribes right these jewish people they have been scattered abroad so we know that at least by their scattering abroad 
they are still believers and wherever they went they've taken the gospel we've just looked at that because that was something Jesus told them that they must do if they've been scattered and it was persecutions that scattered them we know that there is suffering right I mean you go to someone's culture you go to a new country you will suffer some kind of trouble this then makes sense why James will open his letter greeting his brothers and sisters and going straight to encourage them they are in a situation where James needed to bring them perspective a perspective that would help them a perspective that would keep them so that they will continue to propagate to spread the gospel wherever they find themselves because as ones who are scattered as ones who are no longer in their own country you remember the woman that's Elisha I believe said to her can I put in a good word for you with the army commander with the king and she said no I live amongst my own people and I am well taken care of amongst your own people you have right you have rights in your country that you do not get elsewhere you have family in your country that you may not have where else, wherever else you go there are things that are made available to you in your country that you do not have elsewhere so as you have been scattered you will face all kinds of trouble but the most important thing James is trying to say is that you need the right perspective so that in the scattering you do not end up keeping the gospel to yourself hiding he said consider it an opportunity for joy if you are joyful in your troubles wherever you've been scattered you will still be able to continue to propagate the gospel and so this is the introduction to our scripture verse we've established who james is the writer he's a brother not just a spiritual brother to these people because he's a believer but he is also a natural brother to them being a jew himself and the reason he is quick to talk to these people about trouble and bring them perspective is because the people are likely to face trouble always but there is a reason for which they've been scattered there's a reason they are where they are and he's trying to give them perspective so that they don't miss out so that they do not forget the reason which is to propagate the gospel
Indeed, he is a God who listens. It is time for intercession. Today, we have had an intro to James chapter 1 verse 2. And the intro hasn't just been to give you information. It's not just to show you the relationship between James and the people he was writing to and why he used the language that he used. And it wasn't also to show you how God uh, used scatter whether in, in the first time he used it dealing with Babel or when he was talking to his people about scattering them as a punishment for them when they had been scattered over or across. They've been scattered uh, by their enemies or by God, having sent them off to their enemies because they'd failed to obey him. So whether it is a scattering in the case of Babel or it's a scattering in the case of Israel uh, because of disobedience, we see that every time there's a scattering, whatever you have with you, you take with you. So in the case of the Jewish people in the New Testament, where they've been scattered, they have the gospel and they have to propagate the gospel wherever they are. Because Jesus told them that you must take this to all the nations. How does that apply to you and to me? We're not in the church. when We're the church, but we're not together sitting in one place within a wall being kept in there we have each been placed somewhere whether it is in an organization somewhere you have been placed or in a country wherever you find yourself you have the gospel and just as James said to these people when trouble not if trouble will always come Wherever we find ourselves, wherever we may have been scattered off to, trouble will come. But we are not to forget to preach the gospel wherever we are. You have to continue either by mouth telling and sharing or by lifestyle. I know there are countries where you cannot freely share the word of God with someone, but your lifestyle can cause people to inquire what is it that makes you make you different why do you stand out what is it about your life this morning i just want us to be mindful of this let us not allow our troubles to so consume us that we lose track of the assignment given us we are all to go ye into the world. Go out there into the world and share the gospel. No matter the trouble. No matter the frequency of the trouble. No matter the magnitude of the trouble. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the time that we have had in your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of James, even the opening of James. An apostle who put pen to paper, writing to encourage his brothers. Because he knows that as human beings, when troubles come, we can lose sight of what we are to do. We can so make that trouble personal that we forget what we really are supposed to be doing, the main thing, the important thing, the assignments we have. And so today, Lord, we even have seen this and how that applies to our lives. And we're asking, oh God, that you help us, 
that we will not allow the troubles, the daily troubles of life to swallow us. But in everything, we will still live lives that are testimonies to who you are, to the salvation we have received, and to the God who have saved us. Father, we thank you even for a new week and we commit the week into your hands asking the Lord, please take absolute control of the week. We're looking out for your protection. We're looking out for your provision. We're looking out for your guidance, your leadership. Because you are our Father, our source, and you're the giver of every good and perfect gift. We thank you for doing it for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Trust the show has been a blessing to you today. And I just want to appreciate you for spending time with me, company. Uh, coming up this afternoon after Good Day is Christocentric Jazz, followed by fresh tunes, then favorite tunes. And from 1500 to 1800 GMT, the Christocentric guy, Fifi Folson, will bring you the Gospel Drive online and reach in your day God's way every single day. As it's just going up to the afternoon and I have to take my leave of you. Please do remember, as long as the earth remains, sea time harvest shall not cease. So no matter what's going on with you today, do put your best seed in the ground. For a harvest that shall not fail. Because God, our Heavenly Father, is sure is faithful to give you the harvest. I am SNM Tete. Kindly remember to join me here same time tomorrow, 1000 to 1200 GMT. Do have a good day.